glad to be here. Uh, I would tell you, uh, Nancy uh, got on a plane yesterday because our, our uh, daughter that's in California looks like that baby is imminent. So, uh, and I could hear it in her voice. You know, you know when you have, when your kids are little and they start crying, you can, you know if it's, if it's, if they're mad or if they're really hurt, you know. And I heard it in her voice. It's like, I really need my mommy. So, uh, so we sent her on her way. And uh, so anyway, Nancy uh, sends her regards. So I, you know, I, I said that because I want you to feel sorry for me because I had to find my own clothes this morning. <laughs> uh, down here, and I had to go back home and change clothes. And when I was changing clothes, I found a $20 bill in my pocket. <laughs> yes, it's a circa 2003. I mean, I, love, I can hang out with a $20 bill. Remember when you were in college and, you know, if you had $20, you were rich. Remember that? It's like, do you want to go out somewhere? No, I'm just going to hang out with my 20 Yeah. You know, and it, it's just great. I, I, I love it. I was thinking about all the things I could do with a $20 bill. Definitely not as much as they used to be able to do with a $20 bill. But you can, you can go to the movies with a $20 bill, but you can't go to the movies and buy popcorn. <laughs> unless you sneak it in. So, anyway. Anybody want this? Anybody want it? You can have it. This is invitation to all. Anybody want a twenty dollar bill? There you go. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. You can take me lunch. <laughs> Love that. So, hey, have you ever noticed in life there are certain calls that, that come your way? And, you know, or it could be uh, when you're a young man, uh, you're called to uh, join the military or you're called to, to register for the draft. Remember that? Or, or uh, when you're a kid and, you're, and your mom calls your name, I knew I wasn't in trouble until I heard my whole name. So if I heard my first name... I knew I had some time. I've heard my first name and my last name. I knew it was getting close. But when I heard my middle name in there, it was like, fun and games is over, get home, or you will not be sitting down for an entire week. So, you know, it's just, there's just certain calls that come your way, and you, you know what that call is when you hear it. On, uh, in the passage of Scripture that we're reading, and I, I won't hold you very long today, this is Pentecost Sunday, but I wanted to talk to you about the Holy Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit in our life, not just, oh, I received the Holy Spirit, but being baptized, saturated, inundated, overflowing with the very presence of the living God in our lives. And in the passage of Scripture that we were reading in Isaiah 55, and it said, hey, anybody that's thirsty, come unto me and drink. 
Jesus fulfilled that scripture in John 7, 37. It says, on the last day of the greatest day of the feast. Now, the feast was the Feast of Tabernacles, not Passover or, uh, or not Pentecost. But it was, it was the great day of the Feast of Tabernacles where they would, where they would uh, stay in little huts to remind them of their wilderness journeys and how God had blessed them. And on that, on that last day, what they would do is they, the priest would go and, and, and they would have this golden pitcher and he would get water out of the, uh, out of the source of water that, that filled the pool of Siloam. And everybody was singing, you know, with joy, uh, you shall bring waters out of the wells of salvation in uh, Isaiah 12, 3. And, and all the people were rejoicing and they would march around uh, the fountain and then the priest would take the water and pour it and it would go down in two funnels and just land on the ground and it was symbolic of the rock in the wilderness that gave water to the children of Israel. So they're doing this and it's just an amazing event and everybody that's uh, from Israel is there and on that day when they're doing this and the priest is having his moment and he's pouring out the water Jesus stands up and he says in a loud voice not a small one he didn't say hey if you're thirsty come over here the Bible says in a loud voice it says if anyone is thirsty let him come to me and drink Think about the context of what he is saying. If anybody's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Think about that. <coughs> By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. It's a powerful passage of Scripture in Isaiah, written some 700 years before this event right here, before Christ was ever crucified, before the Lord was raised and took victory over death, before He was glorified, before the Spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit, was given to us. And you say, well, why wasn't it given before? Because the work of the cross had not been complete. See, in the Old Testament, our sins were just moved ahead year after year after year, but there was no remission of sins. The writer of Hebrews says it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to wash or to remit or to take away sin. It took the sinless blood of a perfect sacrifice, which was Christ. Christ's blood, when he shed it on the cross, was the substitution for us. It cleansed us when we gave our lives to him. It pardons us, and it, it gives us a, a clean dwelling for the presence of God to reside in us. Paul said it this way. He said, don't you know, he was talking to the church in Corinth, and he says, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? 
And the Spirit of God lives in you. If you look at, at that word temple where Paul said, don't you know that you're the temple? It, it's not just the temper, temple proper, but it was a particular part, room, in the temple. He was talking about the holiest of holies where the presence of God dwelt, where the, where the Ark of the Covenant was, where, where there was a veil in between, and, and the high priest could only go in one time a year and sprinkle the blood and then come back out and make atonement for sins. Paul was saying it this way, there's no more temple, you are the temple, and the holiest of holies, the place where the presence of God dwells, is not in an inner sanctum in a temple somewhere in Jerusalem, but it's in your heart. You are the temple of the living God. You've been cleansed, you've been pardoned, and the presence of God lives in you. Think about that for a moment, would you? How much of the presence of God do you want? You say, well, I, I received Christ when I, when I gave my life to him. Yes, but is there more? Absolutely there is. Can you, can you be filled with the Spirit? Yes, you can. Can you be filled with the Spirit over and over again? Yes, you can. The Scripture tells us that we have that glorious opportunity to have the presence of the living God in us, living in us, moving in us, changing us, creating us to be in the image of Christ. We have that glorious opportunity. Just on the day of Pentecost, when, when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and I, I've, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, I didn't, I didn't see... Uh, uh, a mighty rushing wind, nor have I seen tongues of fire. Uh, but you know when that well of living water is springing up in you. And you know when, when the Lord is, is filling your temple, when the presence of the living God is just inundating you with his presence. You and I have the glorious opportunity because Christ has been glorified that we can have the presence of the living God living and dwelling in us and we can have as much of it as we want. It's a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. It is a well of life-giving substance. It is something that is in you that when times are dark and when, when you're going through the desert of this life, you have a well within you that brings you life and vigor and vitality. That you don't have to ever walk this life alone, but you have the presence of God always, ever present with you and that you can take a drink any time you want. That is, that is something that you and I have the opportunity. You say, well, pastor, do you have everything that you want? Absolutely not. I want more. You say, well, pastor, you've been filled with the Spirit. Yes, I have, but I, I have to keep going back because I'm a cracked pot and I kind of leak.
It comes through relationship. It comes through relationship of knowing Christ and having a passionate desire to be with Him. Tom came up. He had $20. You guys don't. I'm going to ask you, why does Tom have $20 and you don't? You say it, it was rigged, it was unfair. No, it wasn't rigged, it wasn't unfair. A little jealousy creeping in, maybe. You're thinking, are you like the Lord? Do you have more 20s? No, no, I don't. If I'd have had more 20s, I'd have been keeping them to myself. But what, what made Tom the possessor of a $20 bill? He took the opportunity that we all had. I like that. Jesus said in, 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 or in Isaiah 55, the prophet said, Anyone that thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Here's some things that you have to have. Number one, you must want it. You really have to want it. Evidently, Tom wanted $20. Evidently, he wanted it more than you guys did. Because he owns it. It's his. And you say, well, I, I kind of want more the presence of God. Do you really? I'm going to tell you a truth. And this is, this is a universal truth. It goes for me and for you and anybody else that's breathing air. It's simply this. You're as close to God as you want to be. You say, well, pastor, that's not true. No, yeah, yeah, it is. You know what? We're not all created equal as far as ability. We're not all created equal as far as talents. Let's just face it, we're not. You know, if it wasn't for talent and inability or lack thereof, I would be in the NBA today. But one thing that we do have, all of us have 24 hours in a day. All of us have the same amount of time each and every day. And every single one of us get to determine how much of that time we are going to spend pursuing God. If you really want something from Him, you have to pursue Him. If you really want it. So the question is, how much of God do you want? It's, he's not holding back. He's not going to give some more than others. The Scripture says... Anyone that thirsts, can I ask you how thirsty are you? When you look at the world and you look at all of the decadence and you look at all of the sin and you look at our the carnality and you look at the way that our, our culture and society 
has taken a downward spiral. Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do you hunger and thirst for the things of God? Are the things of this world keeping your eyes on this? Or are you looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith? Are you getting tired of eating from the spiritual things of this life? Or do you want to take a big drink from the wells of life? How much do you want it? Second thing is this. You must believe you can receive it. I was holding out that $20 bill. I asked anybody want it, and I looked at some of your faces, and some of you were saying, he's tricking me. It's trickery. I know it. He'll hand it, and I'll get all the way up there, and he'll say, oops, like, uh, and, and embarrass you. You have to believe that you can receive. Scripture says, if any man asks of God, let him believe. Because if the man that doesn't believe, he's not going to receive anything from him. So it's not just having the desire, but it's believing that God is not a respecter of persons. That you can be as close to God as you want to be. That you can pursue Him. You can be filled with His Spirit. You can walk in the presence of God. You can live in the presence of God. You can allow the presence of God to fill you. You can allow God to speak to you. He can speak to you during the day. He can speak to you in the midnight hour. He, you can have a relationship with Him that is so close and so personal and so intimate. If you want it and you believe that you can receive it. Oh, I don't know. I've done a lot of bad things, Pastor. I don't want to compare those. Nobody's worthy. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. As that famous philosopher Clint Eastwood said, deserved got nothing to do with it. It's not about deserving. It's about receiving and believing that, that what the Lord has said we can have, we can have. Don't limit yourself because of where you've been, what you've said, where, what you've done. Don't limit yourself by saying that you're too small, you're too insignificant, you're too little in the eyes of God. Maybe everybody else in the world thinks that you're nothing, that you'll never do anything. But in the eyes of God, He created you in His image. And He has a plan for you. Do you believe that God can use you? Do you believe you can receive from Him? That you can have such a close relationship with Him? He offers it to us all. Here's the third thing. You must leave where you are and go where He is. Isaiah 55 says, if anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Jesus stood 
on the last day of that great feast and said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me. Why do we have to go to the Lord? Because he is the one that gives life. In John 14, Jesus said this. He said to his disciples, I'm going to send the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. And he's going to lead you and guide you in all truth. He says, for now, think about this. For now I am with you, but then I will be in you. You can't have more of God where you're at. You have to go where he is. The Bible says that he saves us from our sins, not necessarily in our sins. You know, if it, it's one of those things that you have to have that desire to say, I'm sick and tired of living the way I'm living, and I want to live the way he says I can live. I want to be the person that God says I can be. I want to receive the presence of God in my life the way the scripture says I can. I want to live that victorious life in him. But you'll never have it, no matter how much you want it, until you leave some of the things behind. What are, what are some of the things that we, that we need to leave behind? Well, one of them is fear. Fear. I had a lady once that said, Pastor, I really love the Lord, but I don't really want any of those gifts of the Spirit. I said, don't worry, you won't. Hey, listen, the Holy Spirit is not going to push himself on you. The Bible says he is a gentleman, harmless as a dove, tender. Only goes where he's invited. Fear. Fear keeps us from pursuing the Lord. Well, fear of what? Well, fear sometimes of losing our identity. I think I've shared this before, but I'm not real smart, and it took me a whole year from the time the Lord called me to the time I surrendered my life to Him because I was afraid I was going to lose who I am. My own identity. My own man. I'm over here. And then I was going to be this cookie-cutter Christian over there. But when I finally surrendered, because I could not take the wrestling match anymore in my life, I realized something amazing. The person who I thought I was was actually just a figment of my imagination. And I didn't become a cookie-cutter Christian. I, came, I became an individual child of the living God. And the more of the presence of God I allowed in my life, the more of the image of the way God had made me become, became and started emerging. And here's the amazing thing. The more we leave our fear behind and who we think we are and we delve deep and allow that spirit that spring of living water to spring up in us and we begin to live and move and have our being in Christ. When we allow that to happen, we start being connected with who we really are, not who we think we are. Fear can keep us. 
You know, you know what we, I think we fear more than anything else? Are you ready for this? This is so mind-boggling. This, you're going to say, Pastor, that's, that's brilliant. And if you don't, just say it anyway. You know, I think we fear most is losing control. Because most people, myself included, when I said that we have, we have as much, we're as close to God as we want to be, we have as much of the presence of God as we want. It's because we like to live in a life that's very structured and orderly and controlled. We like to have say over what goes on in our life. We like to have say over how we live our life. And when, you're, when you give yourself to the presence of God, there's a part of you that has to say, I'm all in. And you forget about controlling your life and controlling your emotions and controlling your feelings and controlling your thoughts. And you just begin to worship Him. Control keeps us and fear of being out of control. Can I encourage you today? Whatever is holding you back, if you really want it. Tom wanted $20 and he's taking me to lunch. You got to leave where you are. Whatever is holding you back. You have to want it. You can't be afraid. And you have to leave where you are, what's holding you back, and pursue him with everything in you. What did Jesus say in Matthew 5? They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Say, well, pastor, why, why would we want to do this? Because it's the greatest gift God has ever given humanity in this life. To have the presence of God in here. Speaking to you, comforting you, encouraging you, giving you the words to say. Knowing that the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one that spoke it all into existence, is abiding in you. You know what the scripture says about the Holy Spirit, and then I'm going to quit, and we're going to have communion. Here's what the Holy Scripture talks about the, about the Holy Spirit. It says that it is the earnest of our inheritance. The earnest of our inheritance. You know what the earnest means? You ever, you ever put up earnest money? If you buy a house, you've got to put up earnest money. That just simply means, hey, I'm really honest I'm really eagerly wanting to buy this. It's not everything. It's just a down payment. What, what Scripture is telling us is that the Holy Spirit is the down payment. It's the earnest money that God gives us of all the promises that He has for us. You know what that tells me? Earnest money is usually, what, 1%? Think about the most amazing experience that you've ever had in your entire life with God. And then multiply that by... 10,000. What, what the scripture is saying is whatever you experience about God here 
It's just to let you know that when we get there, it's going to be incredible. In fact, he's going to have to give us a new body because the new body is going to be able to contain all that God is going to give us. If he tried to give it to us in this body, it would be consumed. I don't know about you, but I want all my earnest money. Will you go on a journey with me? Let's pursue God. Let's put aside all the, the fears and the worries about being in control and everything else. And let's hunger and thirst after righteousness. And let's allow God to be God. And let's just see what he will do. He's made provision. We're going to have communion in just a moment. And the reason why we're going to have communion is to remind ourselves that we didn't get there on our own. My father-in-law always had this, this one line. He says, if you're ever driving by and you see a turtle on a fence post, you know one thing. He didn't get there by himself. And we're the children of God, but do you realize that we did not get here by ourselves? We have the opportunity to have the presence of the living God living in us, but we didn't get there on our own. It, we had to be cleansed and pardoned, and, and, and we had to be justified before we could be sanctified. And, and, and all of that justification came through the work of the cross, what Jesus did for us. And today, as we partake in communion, I want to remind ourselves, Lord, thank you for the work of the cross. But I think the greatest reward that we could, and, and the greatest appreciation we could ever give Christ for the justification is to allow the sanctification of our life to be full and complete. So when we partake in communion in just a moment, I ask our band to please come. Let's thank the Lord for what he's done. But let's receive from him what his sacrifice has provided.